Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and today I'm going to be doing something very different from anything I have done before on the show. I'm going to be having on two women who have attended one of my retreats and had what I will call later a fairy tale best friendship. They were complete strangers in the beginning, both taking a leap of faith to come to my very first retreat, not knowing what to expect, meeting each other, coming to a second retreat, eventually leaving wherever they were living at the time, moving to California together, becoming roommates, both having dogs and just having this beautiful in-depth bond that I think all of us really want in our lives. So why am I bringing on these two women? I'm bringing them on because their story, well, obviously, it's one of my favorites. I love to tell people this story of Rachel and Rachel moving in together and how beautiful their friendship is and and adorable and just so sweet how much they care for each other, but also because what is possible from retreats. You know, a lot of times people, when they think about taking a leap of faith, signing up for a retreat, going out of your comfort zone, being in a room full of people you don't know, it can feel kind of overwhelming and then you weigh the the what you think you will gain from a retreat versus the comfort zone expansion fears that you may have. And I I love this story because not only does it show the kind of sisterhood and connection that is possible at retreats, but it also shows how retreats certainly do not have a half-life. They go on forever. Like these two girls, their lives have been changed because of each other and because of meeting. And that's what retreats can do. They bring together the right people in the right room. And I think one of the biggest questions that a lot of people ask whenever they consider going to a retreat is, how can this help me? And that's one of the things that we dive into today is both of them. How do they think that a retreat could help them, could serve them? Where were they at in their lives when they decided to go? And Rachel and Rachel have come to two of them. So something kept pulling them back of thinking there's a deeper layer I want to go into. And I wanted to bring them on because this story, I have a tender spot in my heart for it because this is one of the same things that's happened to me. My very first retreat that I went on, I was randomly paired with a roommate who is now one of my absolute best friends, like texting every single day. And I think that's one of the things we should all be taking advantage of, of living in this day and age where we have Skype and we have texting and we have email and we have FaceTime and we have Zoom and we have all these ways to connect with people that You do not have to be living in the same city as someone to create a thriving, deep, beautiful friendship, one that's incredibly fulfilling. I have friends, to be honest, more friends around the world that I'm closer with than the people I was either raised with, went to college with, live in the same city with. A lot of the times my best friends live around the world. And I meet them at events. I meet them at gatherings, at like-minded gatherings. One of the things that I'm, I really want you feminine beings, you feminine creatures to know is that you feel sensitive for a reason. You feel em- uh, empathic for a reason. You feel a longing to go deeper in conversation for a reason. You are a feminine creature. Don't do this alone. Sisterhood is waiting for you. It's important. And it's all about having the right kind of sisterhood and the right kind of friendships where you are getting what you want. You are diving in deeper. You feel the relationship is reciprocated. 
you feel like you are both putting in 100%, not 50-50, 100-100. And I've seen that with both of these women, Rachel's, the Rachel's, and I've also seen this with countless other women that have gone to my retreats. I have two other women who both now live in Portland and they take yoga classes together. I've seen groups have annual trips that have come to my retreats. Um, everyone in my retreats are in a WhatsApp group. So there's this constant conversation stream going on and on and on. It's beautiful what forms and the impact of those friendships. We can't even fathom them, really. We don't know what to expect will come from them. But a lot of times simply meeting someone will change the course of your life. So with all that said, I'm excited to bring on Rachel and Rachel today. This is a awesome episode. I think you're going to feel inspired. You're going to feel excited. And maybe, just maybe, you're going to want to be going to a retreat sometime soon. So if that happens to be the case, you can head on over to maddiemoon.com slash events and fill out the application there. And me and you will slow down in a conversation to get to know each other and see if one of my retreats would be a good fit for you. With all of that said, let's head on over and hear the beautiful story of Rachel and Rachel. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host Madeline Moon and I am here with Rachel and Rachel. And I'm so excited to be diving deep with them today about their experience becoming roommates after coming to one of my first, my very first retreats and then coming to a second retreat and becoming best friends and having this beautiful little love story. So here we are today to talk about it. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel's. Hi. Hi. Thanks Maddie for having us. Thanks for joining me. So like I was telling y'all before, I have never done anything like this before on the show. So this is going to be really fun for us to be diving deep into what it's like to come to retreat and y'all's experiences and y'all's stories and um, how you even got from this point of being complete strangers to coming to a retreat and then becoming roommates, which like I feel like is a sounds super cheesy, but like a fairy tale story for what like the best (laughs) possible outcome could be going to retreat. Um, yeah and I just loved I love the story so thank you for joining me thanks for having us okay so my first question that I love to ask my guests and I want to ask you both this is what are you currently musing about in life what is your current passion what are you excited about what are you diving deep into maybe it's something that you're doing for 2019 Mine, okay, this is this may sound like really silly, but plants. I am really into plants this year. Uh, <laughs> I like my whole apartment. I have so many plants. I like have named almost all of my plants. And um, even for Christmas, every almost everything I got for Christmas from my family was plant related. Um, so yes, yeah, succulents, cactuses, just like even above us right now, there's this hanging plant coming down. Yeah. So I'm like super all about plants. Love them. So I love it. <laughs> and mine's kind of silly, but um, I think it's my dog and having training her better this year because I don't work from home anymore like I used to. And I'm obsessed with my dog just a little bit much. So I just spend all the time I can with her. Okay. So, so I've seen your dog before and pictures on Instagram. What kind of dog is it and what is his or her name? 
She her name's Bindi, and she's an Australian Shepherd mix. That's right. She's so cute. Yeah. She's over a year old. So. And what have what has your dog taught you about love? Uh, love unconditionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so sweet. Yeah, I'm, I'm like overly obsessed with my dog. I think. <laughs> I think that's good. And you you have a dog named Cashew, right? Yeah. 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 Cashew. She's she's hanging out on the couch right now. Um. Sad, sad story though with Cashew and Bindi. Cashew hates Bindi. Oh. Um, and she actually um, <laughs> broke Rachel and I up as roommates. Cashew did. Yeah, yeah. So we don't live together Wait. anymore, but like we're still, I see her like every day almost. So. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah, yep. so it's, oh, yeah. Oh, because, of the, oh, because of the pets. We <laughs> had to split ways because of the dog. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nice though that like for what? Because when people would say, oh, you guys aren't roommates anymore, like something happened, we're like, no, just Cashew didn't like Bindi. Yeah, we're it. like, we're still obsessed with each other. Yeah. Just the dogs didn't yeah. like each other. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor things. Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do for the love of your dogs. What's yeah. best for Unfortunately. them. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Okay, <laughs> so I want to dive a little bit deeper into both of y'all, your stories on coming to the first retreat that I hosted. And that one I named um, the Forever Free Retreat. And yeah. that was... I don't even know, probably f- three and a half years ago now, maybe around then. It's like two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. like September, I think. Okay, yeah. 16? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So what I find really cool is that at that time, I wasn't doing any kind of calls with people who were coming to my retreats. I remember that time anyone who signed up for my retreats you just signed up with me via email like we we went back and forth talking about so now I get on a call with everyone who wants to come to one just to talk with them get to know them but that time it was like blind faith y'all had only listened to my podcast you really didn't hear much about the retreat at the time I just said hey I'm doing this thing let me know if you want to come sign up link is here and y'all came so Mm -hmm. I want to hear a little bit from each of you on where you were at beforehand before coming to um, that particular retreat, where were you each at in your life and what were you hoping to gain from something like that? Want me to go? Well, I just, I was going through health. I was just finishing health coaching school. So I was trying to become a health coach and I felt that I was on my own personal like health and wellness journey. And I listened to your podcasts probably every single day after I found out about your podcast, there was still like old episodes I could listen to. So I listened to it all the time. And once you talked about your retreat, I was just like, I'm on it. Like I wanted to go there right away. Um, but I was kind of struggling a little bit. I was going through a rough time with an old boyfriend and I knew that I needed a change. Um, I had kind of lost myself a little bit and definitely didn't know exactly where I wanted to be or who I wanted to be necessarily. Um, I was becoming a lot healthier with like my eating and everything like that, but it was the more of like the spiritual journey journey that I was on. Um, I just knew that I wanted something big and something different and I'd never done a solo trip before and when I heard about your retreat, I was just, I don't know. It just felt right. It felt like perfect timing because and then my ex and I, we broke up right before, mm. like a week or two before. So it was, per- and I had booked the trip before that. So it was perfect timing for me to get away and do something on my own. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I remember that. And that's typically how I like to, I mean, especially around the ending of relationships or even the beginning of relationships or in the middle, whenever you're like needing a soul revival, I find that getting away and doing something for yourself, like self-care, whether it's a retreat or like anything, like if it's coaching or if it's just having your own soul adventure or going to a yoga class, like any kind of self-care, it's so easy to let go of those me time things. Like what makes me me what makes me thrive how can I continually to grow as a woman whether it means going out on your own soul adventure or it means going to retreat like that so I thought that was really beautiful that that was something you were wanting to do to really reconnect with yourself Mm -hmm. and to get away and to go into like that soul journey like you said like of course you knew who you were but there was like still that next level of really wanting to know your path your direction like what now especially after Mm -hmm. such a time of transition of a breakup Mm mm-hmm so, Rach, what about you? So, um, my story, yeah, it was like, so at that time, I'm trying to think, 2016. So, I had been going that really those past couple of years leading up to the retreat, like, had been going, had, had that really hard time. Like, I graduated college 2014, like, you know, as every new college grad thought I knew everything and thought like, yeah, adulthood, like I'm ready for you. Like 22, got this. Like didn't know shit. Sorry. I can swear, right? Yeah, well, totally. Too, too to, <laughs> but so I didn't, you know, everything I thought was great. I was a nurse, like, um, you know, everything was going according to the plan that I'd laid out for however many years. And then I started working 12 hour night shifts and I don't think anything can ever prepare you for what that feels like. Mm. Um, not just physically, but mentally. Um, so I developed clinical depression and anxiety. Um, and I was binge eating, which upon reflection, and I, you know, I started seeing a therapist and a nutritionist. Um, you know, I thought at that time, oh, I have this binge eating disorder. And what I was doing before was like, you know, the healthiest version of myself, But upon talking with my nutritionist and therapist and working with them for months, like I realized, oh, actually before the binge eating, I actually still had an eating disorder, which like I would classify as orthorexia Um, because it was one of those things in college, like I'd always been kind of overweight, but then, you know, it starts really slowly. You start doing this one diet somebody talks about and then you start losing weight and you get the validation, oh, you look great. And then it just becomes, you know, like it looks healthy from the outside, right? Because you're still eating. Like, and you're still maybe within a healthy, like, you know, healthy BMI. Um, But, you know, it's not healthy, like the obsession and whatnot. So I, in that time, I realized, you know, this version of myself that I thought was the best version that I kept trying to get back to. And I was more depressed because I was getting away from that, like physically. Um, I realized, oh, wait, I had an eating disorder for years that I wasn't even acknowledging. So, like, by the time I found you you know, probably like several months before you announced your first retreat, I was um, doing everything in my power to not be depressed anymore, to work through my eating disorder, because I finally acknowledged, okay, I don't, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I, you know, I still kind of care about the weight, but I don't want to care about the weight anymore. So I know at that time, you were more focused on your own, like journey with orthorexia. Mm -hmm. So I, when I was listening to your podcast, it was like this sense of community I'd never really felt before because even though I had, like at that time I was seeing a naturopath, a nutritionist, an acupuncturist, a therapist, like 
all these people like that I thought, you know, lifestyle wise could help me with my depression. And I definitely think they did. Um, you know, there's something about like hearing, you know, whether it was your guest or you just describe certain feelings and just hearing somebody else describe something that you felt and you've never heard somebody else say that before. It was like, wow, this is just, um, like it just like felt right. And it felt like, you know, I didn't know what it meant for me in terms of like, am I ever going to, you know, not feel this way anymore? Am I ever not going to feel depressed? But at least like there's a sense of like belonging and knowing like you're not alone, you know? So, um, by the time that you announced the retreat, it was like, yes, like I need to do this. And like Rachel, actually, this is like, not only do we have the same name, but (laughs) we both had gotten out of serious long-term relationships around that time, both of them lasting almost eight years. Like, Rachel makes it sound like her relationship. No, that was a long relationship, Rachel, <laughs> like eight years. Um, um, very long. Very long. So, but mine, um, by the time I was uh, applying to retreat, we'd already broken up. So I, it wasn't this, like, sense of who am I kind of thing. I need that because that was part of the reason that led to my breakup. But there, I mean, there was just so many changes, like, out of this relationship that had taken a third of my life, um, still in that like, you know, kind of like epiphany of eating disorder thing and needing some guidance on that. And then I'd already decided I was going to be moving to San Diego. Didn't know when, didn't know how, but I knew that was going to happen. So I felt like when you announced that it was like, like, you know, whatever you want to call it, a sign from the universe or whatnot. But I was like, there was no question, am I going on this? It was like, I'm going on this. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So yeah, never looked back. Mm -hmm. One thing that I love about both of y'all's stories very individually is that sometimes whenever, and I'm sure you've experienced this, but I'd like to hear y'all's thoughts. When you've experienced something like an eating disorder, you've gone through eating disorder or disordered eating, um, body dysmorphia, exercise addiction, and also relationship issues, if you're going through relationship stuff, um, a lot of times it's easy to go into the spiral of being alone. Like the spiral of thinking like, you're already in the midst of this feeling of pain. And when you take a step back, you think, well, obviously you'd, you'd want to go now into a state of pleasure, right? You've been going through a breakup and eating disorder. Um, for some people, it's like family issues or divorce, whatever it may be. And it's really easy to go deeper into that spiral, deeper into the aloneness, feeling isolated and feeling like being isolated might be the safest place to be. Um, and I think, at least in my own journey, it took like one experience of really taking a leap out there for me to now have like, for a better way to put it, I mean, a leap addiction, like loving, loving to put myself out there and out there and out there. And it made it easier to continuously say yes. But until that one time where I said yes to something, like for me, it also was, I think the very first investment that I made was in a retreat. And it was like a two day retreat. Um, And I had to fly out and I had to take care of like everything myself, meals weren't included, uh, accommodation wasn't included. Like it was really just the bare, essentials of me being with this teacher in a room with a few other people and it was so life-changing but up until that point I was really nervous to do something like that and it was just easier not to right it's just easier not to to just skip over it so I'm curious about um, both of y'all if y'all have had that experience at some point especially around the time of you being in your eating disorder at the height of it where it was easier to just say that you'd rather be isolated and alone and what that moment was like, if you relate, where you decided, no, you know, this time I'm going to take a step out. 
whether it was my retreat that did that or it was something else that you did before that or maybe something after that where you didn't listen to that voice that said, you know, cool it, stay isolated. And instead you listened to that voice that said, no, take a leap, go to that thing where you don't know any people, invest in a way where you don't know what you're getting. You're actually kind of out of control, but I have an intuitive feeling that this will lead to something good. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was like the feeling of, I had a lot of stomach um, like issues. I was going to all these different kinds of doctors and basically long story short, I found out it was all stress because I'm fine now and I can eat whatever I want and I'm totally good. Um, but I knew that like I wasn't following my gut anymore and I had lost track of how to do that. Um, and through my health coaching school, that really helped me. Um, and then listening to your podcast, I just felt like there was, um, like I knew something needed to change. And if I didn't take a leap and do something completely out of my comfort zone, that's exactly what it was. I was always just sticking around my comfort zone, doing the same thing, um, not really changing much. And I knew I needed a huge change. So going to your retreat and putting myself out there and being vulnerable, not knowing, um, like it felt right. But of course, I didn't know if I was going to be comfortable when I was there or I didn't really know what I was getting. Um, I just wanted to go. Like I just had a feeling that it was what I was supposed to be doing. And I, and I took the leap and just did it. And the solo trip was the best thing I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I do feel that it's easier for me to listen to my gut and do what like feels right as opposed mm-hmm. to just what it, like thinking in my head. I'm really good at thinking and overthinking and not like acting on how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. So you're moving way more into the feeling rather than the yeah. thinking, yeah. which I think is absolutely necessary anytime you're taking any kind of leap. If you stay in the head, like your brain will always find a reason not to do that thing. Always. Mm-hmm. There's like an abundance of reasons always to not do something. And a lot of times it's that initial intuitive hit or it's that feeling of like the yes. Y'all both saying there was like that feeling of yes. You are so cute. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just, I want to honor that. And and, uh, yeah, beautiful. I love this. Okay, what about you, Rach? Uh, Well, first of all, I want to say as somebody that now the past, like, because we've both been here almost two years in San Diego. Um, So since, like, living with Rachel and now seeing her all the time anyway, despite (laughs) the dogs breaking us up, I definitely can see that in you, that change of, you getting out of your head and following your gut more. So that was making me smile hearing you oh. talk about that. Yeah. Cause, um, like you, it's funny. Cause when you describe to me too, sometimes the way you used to be like before moving out here and stuff, it's like, that's not even the person I see anymore. Like you definitely, there are certain things that you do all the time and you just go with your gut and like things that even I'm like, wow, I would be nervous doing that. Like, and you're just, yeah, you've definitely come a long way. Thank so that's just you. Made me smile. But anyway, so um, but for me, I'm the best example of when I didn't, you know, when I kind of gave into fear versus not, I guess would be like around the time of your retreat, like a couple of months after I had booked a trip to go to Thailand and I booked it probably like six months in advance with, a, you know, a travel company. So I, it was kind of going to be a solo trip in the sense I wouldn't know anybody in the group. 
but then you'd have this group. So I thought, okay, that will get my feet wet. Cause I, I really felt like this strong desire to do like this solo trip, like, you know, independent woman, like eat, pray, love kind of thing, you know? Um, but I was still really in that fear place of like, I was like, I don't know, like coddling myself and like trying to shelter myself a lot. So I kept thinking as much as I was like, Oh, you know, like I want to get away from this eating disorder. This doesn't matter to me. I still in the back of my mind had felt like I, my body, I had to like still get a certain way before I could go on a trip like that. Even though that makes no sense. Like why it doesn't matter what you look like wherever you visit, you know, but like in my mind, I still had these like, you know, um, disordered eating thoughts, you know, that I hadn't worked through yet. So as the date approached closer and closer, I too, like Rachel had some, um, like digestive issues. So I ended up canceling the trip, losing half of my money, um, like a few months before, because I, at the time I was talking about with my naturopath and my nutritionist telling them, Oh, I think with my digestive issues, I can't go on this trip because I won't have control over what I'm eating in terms of like, cause I did have some actual things going on where I was supposed to avoid certain foods, but I was using that a hundred percent as a crutch to be like, Oh, that's why I can't go. And really deep down, I was afraid of like being that vulnerable, even though it wasn't even like a retreat, but like just being in a place where I didn't know people not being comfortable in my body, just wanting to hide out like in my house. Um, and I think they could see through that because even my naturopath would be like, no, you can go like, you'll be fine. And I'm like, no, no, I really think that that's going to mess up, you know, my digestive system. And if I'm being honest with myself, hundred percent was cause I just wasn't comfortable with my body. And now I'm like kicking myself cause I missed out on this trip to Thailand and I still haven't gone and it's been like two years now. Um, so then when it came to your trip, I remember the days leading up to it, that fear again of, you know, that just like, just being super anxious in my house again, not, and not even thinking I should cancel, but just that same feeling. And I was like, you know what, you're going to do this. It's going to be great for you. It's going to be a bunch of like-minded women, like, you know, only good can come from this. So I'm so glad I did. And I think if I hadn't gone on that, honestly, I don't know if I would have moved from San Diego or not from San Diego, I'm sorry, but to San Diego from Seattle. Cause I'd always lived there, um, had moved neighborhoods, but never moved cities. And so, um, moving somewhere where I only knew one person, I don't think that would have been possible had I not like, you know, gone to your retreat first and taken that leap of faith. So. Wow. Okay. So first off, I so relate to what you were sharing about the trip to Thailand. Sec- secondly, like, I mean, 2019, it's a new year. You can go. It might be something you want to plan. Um, but I understand that feeling. And I think everyone listening to this probably really, really, really resonates with that idea of not being in control of all the things, especially with travel. Because travel is incredibly unpredictable, including like retreats, because you don't know who you're going to be with. You have to kind of trust. You have to really trust and take a leap of faith that everything is going to be okay, even if you don't know what you're going to be eating, how you're going to be feeling. And I think a lot of that comes back around to having that masculine energy of knowing how to say no, knowing how to set boundaries, and then also having that feminine energy of knowing how to feel and step into the feeling and the intuition and to go with that energy of what you're wanting, what you're desiring, what you're craving, and knowing that that inner masculine has your back. Um, And one of the cool things now that I'm remembering back at the first retreat that I did with y'all, we had the photo shoot. I forgot about that. Sometimes I forget because I haven't done it since. And I keep wanting to because I thought that was like 
I mean, I just thought it was a really intimate, cool experience to be able to have a photo shoot. Like, okay, so everyone listening, in my first retreat, I had one of my dear friends come in and take photos of all the women um, <laughs> one by one uh, on my bed and whatever they wanted to wear, whether it was lingerie or a dress or like a silk blouse, like whatever, but have like this really beautiful photo shoot to highlight their natural beauty. And y'all's photos turned out gorgeous. Do you still have them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they turned out really well. Somewhere really on my computer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in there. Um, okay, so one question, we've kind of touched on this, but I just want to bring it back in to kind of simplify it and see how y'all would best describe your answer at the time to this one question. And y'all have both come to two of my retreats. Y'all came to the next one after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can apply this question to either one of those retreats that y'all came to. The question is, I think everyone at the end of the day, when they're thinking about making any kind of investment or leap or go to a retreat or go on a trip is, can this help me? Can this serve me? Can this serve me? So what was the feeling of yes behind the answer to that question when you asked yourself before saying, yes, I'm in Madeline for this retreat, the forever free one or the second one y'all came to, which was called more than this. At the end of feeling into this question, when you would ask yourself, can this help me? Why was it a yes? If you can remember, why did it feel like a yes? Um, for me, which is so weird to say, I think it was the first time in a very long time that I saw something that I wanted to do. And in my gut, I was like, I need to go to this and I want to go to this. And that simply was enough. Like it was literally like just a feeling of I want to be there and I'm not going to look back and I'm not going to think about, um, you know, all the logistics, like, well, how am I going to get there and how much money is it going to cost me? I did not think about anything but the fact that I wanted to go and that it felt right. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I don't know if that's too simple, but that what I think it was the first time I actually just listened to myself and was like, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. I don't think that's too simple at all. In fact, I think that that's exactly how it typically feels. It's just like a yes. And then the rest is what's complicated. of like the talking yourself out and the weighing the pros and the cons and the yes and the no. And then like, but Mm -hmm. like I could just like have that, you know, if if you're going to a retreat or going to coaching, it's like I could just have all that money and put it towards, you know, some way, something different. I think it's a lot of it's around the travel, like you were saying, because this is what you said was your first solo trip, right? Was it for both of you, your first solo trip? No, not for me. No. I, well, I've done like a mini little retreat one time, but this was the first like, like that for sure. But for you, Rach, it was your first. Solo, was, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm someone that like definitely before going to a retreat, I liked knowing every detail. I am the person that puts like brush my teeth on the calendar or something like I am so detail oriented and like I always have to know exactly what's happening and when it's going to happen and when we were at your retreat you didn't give us any details because we all had control issues you did that on purpose I remember that yes (laughs) and I was so uncomfortable with it because I am like okay well if I have to be there at 9 a.m what do I wear where are we going what am I going to eat can I eat breakfast first or am I going to eat breakfast after and it, that to me, like being able to, that it, I mean, obviously that's one of my huge takeaways from your retreat was like, you can't know every second what's going to happen and you have to be in the moment. 
Um, and I really struggled with the control issue and that I definitely had eating disorder in the past as well of just, if I, I like needed to know exactly what time I was going to eat, when I was going to eat, like what I was going to eat. And it was, um, it's more about like having faith and just like letting go. Yeah. (laughs) I think I lost my track of thought. (laughs) I was following. I like, (laughs) I am like, what was the question? No, I got this. So, um, Oh, the moment of like how I knew, like I need to, yes, I got you. So for me, like I said, I, it is funny, like Maddie, like Rachel and I were kind of talking about this before. It's to put myself in this place. And I'm sure you can relate to this when you have to reflect on things that you've been through before. It's, it's weird to put myself back in that headspace because I've come so far from that now. So I'm trying to remember how it felt like physically, even in my body, but like, I was so like so clinically depressed like I can't exaggerate that enough for um at that time like a year and a half probably and I had done all these things like I mentioned all these lifestyle things I'd even done yoga teacher training just like literally anything I could that would be like you know meditation all this stuff like to, to try to get myself out of that depression slash eating disorder I mean it's, it's all like combined you know like eating disorder definitely is a mental health issue for sure so I was at the point where I was like, I have nothing to lose anymore because I've already lost everything is kind of how I felt. So it was like, I need to like keep trying everything that I possibly can to make myself feel happiness again. Cause I like, I, I, I hadn't experienced happiness in like a year and a half. Like it was, I, and I just, I felt like I can't live like this forever, you know? So, um, And around that time, actually, I finally agreed to go on antidepressant. So I do think that that ended up having a good impact, too. But it had it. I think I just started it literally like the weekend of your retreat. So it hadn't even like kicked in yet. But um, like I said, I had felt this sense of like community from your podcast and from like the guests that you had. Oh, here's Cashew on your podcast. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) I had to look at it. It's a little fluffball. I wish people could see her. But I... And so when I heard you having a retreat, it was like, I mean, there was no question, like I said, there was no question in my mind. It was like, this is naturally the next step and the next thing. And like, I would do anything at that point to feel, Mm. to feel joy. And so I was like, if this is going to bring me closer to that, then that's what I'm doing. The money was irrelevant. And at that point I was only working part time because I couldn't handle working full time. And I'd actually even taken a couple months off from work. Like this was like how much like my anxiety and depression was really like impacting me. So like, my income was like minuscule, but it, I didn't even care because it was like, what, what's my, what, what are my options here? So, um, I think, you know, and everybody like Rachel's situation leading her there was definitely different than mine, but I think there's just something inside you where it's like, it's not even a choice. It's just like, this is happening and like the irrelevant, the, you know, f- getting the flights irrelevant. Who's going to watch my dog is all just irrelevant. Cause you're like, I just have to do this. So amazing. And I want to ask you this, um, just out of personal curiosity, do you now look at that period of depression and anxiety and rock bottomness? You know, Gabby Bernstein says you can't mess with someone's rock bottom. Like it's so important to experience that now in retrospect, you look at that and you see that period with like, like almost a sense of gratitude, like Mm -hmm. appreciation for that existing. Oh, absolutely. It's interesting because, um, 
So at that time too, I was actually, so when I first became a nurse, I was working in adult bone marrow transplant, like very medical type of nursing. When I had that aha moment, oh, I have an eating disorder, like, you know, thing, I actually started working in eating disorders because I was so like, yeah, like I want to, you know, help other girls through this kind of thing and was really like gung-ho on that. When I moved to San Diego, I actually shifted to work to, in mental health in general because kind of like you, I had, um, you know, my story was beyond the eating disorder. I was kind of done like being in that all the time, like kind of how your podcast shifted just from talking about that to like, you know, to more and I wanted more and I mm-hmm. thought mental health in general encompassed that. So like actually since I moved to San Diego the past two years, I now work in um, child and adolescent psychiatry so everything I do is pretty much depression and anxiety, like that kind of stuff. Um, and that, I mean, that was the reason I chose that was I was so grateful for all these individuals that, you know, whether it was my therapist, whether it was my nutritionist, I mean, she was really like a life coach. She was so much more than that. She was amazing. Um, whether it was you people on your podcast that I was like, this is important stuff and people need to be talking about it. And like, especially with adolescents, like those are years in your life where you are dealing with so much just by being like 15 years old. And then you add into it. Some of these kids have even more going on besides just being a teenager. And I was like, I want to do my part to give back to that community. And I think that, um, I mean, a hundred percent, I never would have even considered doing that had I not gone through what I had. Mm -hmm. And even though like, I mean, I haven't felt, I haven't even been on my antidepressants for over a year. Like I feel completely like I've come out on the other side of that, but, um, I still feel this sense of like being in that environment, I think helps me probably stay out of, you know, the depression, anxiety and whatnot, because I'm like constantly, you know, teaching these kids about these are like coping skills to help you with this or like, you know, like, you know, talking to them about like this doesn't have to be forever for you. And it kind of reminds me of like how far I've come and how much I never want to feel that way again. Mm -hmm. You know, no, I do a hundred percent think there's a chemical component. I don't think it's just a choice. I think there are things that we can do to, you know, increase our dopamine and serotonin and all those happy feelings and stuff that are, you know, beyond just medication, but like healthy lifestyle choices and like, you know, being social and, I mean, living somewhere where it's sunny all the time definitely helps. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, but um, yeah, I definitely think, that um growth happens when we are in our like lowest places Mm -hmm. and you can't have growth unless you have something that tests you so I do think and even since then I'm not gonna lie there have been some things even the last year that have like happened in my life that were really like testing things but you said something I even I say this to my kids all the time Maddie um that I don't know where you if it's something you made up or if you heard it from somewhere but instead of saying, why did this happen to me? You say, why did this happen for me? And I think even that little change, like so much positive can come out of even the most negative situation that you would think would completely break you. You're like, I can find some good from this and Mm -hmm. use this as an opportunity to make myself a better person. Yeah, it's so powerful, that mindset shift. And I just want to honor you for what you're doing now. Like, I didn't know that you were doing that now. And I think that is so incredibly beautiful. And you're right. One of the best ways to stay in that 
that area, I don't use the word recovery, but like in the area of personal growth and self-development and feeling good, like let's just say positivity and encouragement um, is by also staying very close to the why and you can stay very close to the why you're on that path by teaching others the why. And that's why from time to time I will still get on my podcast or I will get on Instagram and I will talk about body image because I might have a surge of like negative body image or food stuff. Like, you know what? Today I want to teach on it. I want to teach on it because it's going to make me feel better. And so by you doing that like you are making so many big profound changes in people's lives and how they view their depression and anxiety and it's a ripple effect so I honor you and I thank you for doing that work in the world thank you for helping me find that journey okay so I want to look at um how things how y'all too so you're in Seattle well you were in Seattle and you were in Ohio right is that where you were Jersey Jersey why did I think Ohio because yeah. Bailey. We still talk Bailey. to Bailey. Hi, Bailey. Hi, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, okay, yeah. So I, I don't know why I kept thinking from Ohio. Um, you were in Jersey. And so how did y'all, like, behind the scenes then coordinate this of, like, hey, I want to move to the sunny California. So do I. So I was at your retreat, and I had just moved back in with my parents right before, like a week or two before. And when I met Rachel – I, at your retreat, I remember I, I read my journals the other day from your retreat, which were just amazing to read. And they were saying that, um, I mentioned to everyone there, oh, I really want to go to California. I've always wanted to live in California. I've never even been to California, but I just like knew that it was for me for some reason. It just felt like home, even though I'd never been. And Rachel said she was moving to San Diego and, oh, this is the second. So I had on the first retreat, right when I left, I went home and I booked a flight to, so this is September or October, your retreat? It was like last week. Last week. So, okay. Yeah, it was in September. So I went home in October and I booked out a flight to go to California. And it was honestly from your retreat that I had just been like, okay, I'm going to do it because I always wanted to. And I just... I was just ready to just keep making huge changes, I guess. And um, so I booked my flight to California and then came to your second retreat. And on the second retreat, I think that's when Rachel was like, I'm moving to San Diego. Well, I we think spent, I already said it, but you and I spent a lot more time together on the second retreat than the yeah. first. Yeah. So the second retreat, um, Rachel said she was moving to San Diego. And I was like, I've always wanted to live there. And she like, was, let alone you never like even. I've never, <laughs> never been there. And she's like, "Well, why don't you be my roommate?" And I was like, "Okay." It was by the end of the weekend. You were like, "Yeah, I'm doing this." It was so yeah. It took no convincing. No, I was just like, <laughs> "I'm in. I'm moving to San Diego with you." And I was, and I went home and I was like, "Mom, I'm moving with this girl named Rachel." <laughs> and both of our dads have the same name. They're both named Tom. We and had, like we, we had, had brothers really, around the same age. We have, we have really weird, weird similarities. Common. It was like a sign. So we're like, we just have to live together. Um, but I was already planning on moving end of February. So about um, after your second retreat, it was about a month later. I'd already like at that point, I don't even think my job had been lined up yet, but I just set a date in my mind and moving like this last week of February, it's happening. Um, luckily ended up getting a job offer like a week before I moved, like that worked out pretty well. But so Rach ended up moving like a couple months after me. Luckily I had some family down here that I stayed with for about a month. Um, like family I hadn't seen in years. 
so then when Rachel moved down, we like moved in together. And we were already like best friends. So we talked every day on the phone and it was, yeah. Rachel had to look at apartments. I didn't even get to see, I'd never been to San Diego. So I was just like, hopefully I like it. I knew you would though. <laughs> you like fit the vibe for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, like, um, best yeah, friend. it's funny because people will ask us, sorry, I cut you off. Or You're say, okay. <laughs> but people will say like, we'll meet people and they'll be like, when we were roommates, especially, and they'll be like, first of all, they think it's weird. We're both named Rachel. They think we're making that up, which is like, why would you make that up? <laughs> but then they'd be like, you know, everybody here is from somewhere else. That's the thing about San Diego. Most people moved from somewhere else because they just want to be in the sun. So when they'd say, where are you from? And I'd say Seattle and she'd say Jersey. They'd be like, well, how'd you guys meet? And we're like, we, we always say a yoga retreat in Boulder. Or like a health because- and wellness retreat. Because we don't want to get into it with, like, randos. It's like, hard oh, to explain. this life-changing <laughs> retreat where I cried and all this. Like, maybe be like, girl, I just met you. Calm down. But, like, um, it is an interesting, you know, because completely different sides of the country. Uh-huh. Yeah. Still and, haven't been to Jersey. Yeah. One day you'll take me. Yeah. I haven't been to Seattle either. Yeah. <clears throat> but at your retreat is where we just really, I think we just opened ourselves up more than we ever had before. I just love watching y'all talk. You're just both so cute. Oh my God. Like this story. I just, I love this story. And I just love seeing how close of a friendship y'all have. And what about the other girls at the other retreats? Have y'all stayed in touch with them as well? Yeah. yeah so yeah. Molly is doing something. Um, yeah. Yeah. I follow her on Instagram. Me too. Molly. And, yeah. and um, Bailey has come out to visit us. She came. Well, for like Halloween last year, last year. Yeah. and we had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked to her constantly. Well, not as much as we should. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. But, but, but you know what's funny? In our When Rachel and I still lived together, we even had a sign on the oh closet that said Bailey's room. Because so, <laughs> <laughs> oh. we missed her so much, and we wanted her to move here, too. But, like, she, you know, she has, like, her whole life in Ohio. She's the one in Ohio. Yeah. Um, and so people would come up with, like, who's Bailey, and why is she in the closet? <laughs> She always has a place to stay, even if it's in our closet. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And, like, we don't all talk like we used to, but sometimes... Oh, wait, Corey came to see us, too. Oh, yes, Corey came, and she stayed in San Diego with her. We got to meet her husband. Mm -hmm. Um, But we always talk about we should do a retreat. Yeah, we need to do a retreat. Or, Or like, a a reunion retreat. We need to do a reunion retreat. Totally. Totally. Y'all have to come to one of the Feminine Surrender retreats. We have a cozy house, like, in the mountain. Everything is in the house. There's no leaving. You're all in there. Food's taken care of. We do acro yoga. Um, We make malas together, and we have a cacao ceremony and sound healing gong baths. So it's pretty awesome. 2019. Yeah, we should see. That would be cool if we, like, um, round up the the first retreat tribe, and then we see if we do a feminine surrender in the cozy cabin home for those girls, for all of y'all. That would be really fun. That would be fun. I just got goosebumps. Because the thing is, too, is like, I remember at that time, that very first retreat, as Rachel and I both described that, like, feeling of like, it wasn't a choice. It was this, like, I got to go on this because Mm -hmm. we have these things going on. And then, you know, it's like, you know, it's even with like your physical health, like you go to the doctor, like you get like your, you know, (laughs) like your checkup, like, you know, if you need any meds, like they give them to you and then you're good for a while. Right. And then like, you know, you kind of notice over time if you're, you know, you're, you're riding this high, so to speak, and you've been doing all these amazing things for yourself. So you can kind of coast on that for a while. And then you kind of like, kind of backslide a little bit without even knowing it. And so then it's like, 
before you know it, you're like, dang, I could use something like that again. Tune up. It's time for a tune up. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about how we need something again Mm -hmm. soon. We do like our own little mini ones where we go to yoga together and like do a face mask or something and like have girls night, but yeah. Or we'll sage together. Yeah. We were, we meant to sage before this, but we missed, we didn't have time. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe after, but that's amazing. I love that. Well, of course, anytime y'all are welcome to come to the Feminine Surrender Retreats. And I also have the possibility of doing one in San Diego at some point. So, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's the next place on my my, my list that I want to do one because I'm just envisioning it by the water for one of them because I love doing it in the mountains. The houses that I get now normally have glass windows and we're in the mountains. So it's like surrounded by trees and nature, foxes, all the stuff. But someday I want to have, um, someday meaning like probably 2019, I want to have an ocean involved. I can see this, yeah. especially with the feminine. We got if that. It's here, we're, we got we're in. Ocean. I know. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So before we close here, I want to do a divine deep dive round with both of you. Um, and so we can, I think we'll just have you. Rachel, you can go first, just whatever comes to your mind, and then Rach, whatever comes to your mind. (laughs) And we'll just do a few questions here. All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. What is one must-read book? Oh, Gabby Bernstein, Spirit Junkie. I read it once a year. And I gave it to Rachel to read, but she hasn't read it yet. yet. I'm a must-read book. Wait, no, I'm going first. Wait, no, no you I can go too. Yeah, you can. Go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Dude, I don't read as much as I should. I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> I'm like, let me look at my bookshelf. Probably. I mean, well, this was to me the the book that started it all for me was um, the Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. That was the first like self help. I mean, I hate the the phrase self help because I feel like it has a negative connotation, but like. One of the first books like that I'd ever read where I was like, what? Like, people think this way? So, yeah, Gifts of Imperfection. Really anything by Brene Brown, I think, is a good place to start. Each of you, do you have a spirit animal? Oh, um, hummingbird. Do, do you see what you say? Oh, I don't know. Do because, you want to say why? Well, hummingbird, because it make, it reminds you to take in life's beauty and notice the small things around you and be grateful. And my mom got me a hummingbird necklace recently because I was mentioning the hummingbird to her and I see them all around San Diego all the time and every time I see them it reminds me to like be present and be back in the moment um for me orca whale because several reasons I have this I always have this question ready to go (laughs) um you know I'm from the Pacific Northwest there's orca whales there so it like feels very like home to me um they have no predators apart from humans um, so I think that's pretty cool. And, um, they're pretty female driven. Like, I think that their pods is what they're called. Um, like the group that they travel with, I think it's, they kind of follow the females. And so I'm like, you know, feminism, that's pretty cool. So I just like, yeah, I vibe with the orca. I even have an orca tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where so. is it located? On my, the back of my, uh, arm. Oh, that's so cool. I love yeah. that. I didn't know they didn't have any predators. That's really cool. Interesting yeah, fact. So humans like cut it. Yeah. Shame on us. I know. <laughs> okay. You're at a cafe and you both order something to drink and to eat. What do you get? Soy latte with avocado toast. Um, 
like Rachel, I would do a non-dairy milk. So probably, I like hemp milk though. Hemp milk latte with an extra shot of espresso. Always a double. Because I have, I definitely have a caffeine addiction. And then to eat, um, lately I've been really into Eggs Benedict. I don't know if this cafe carries it, but if it does, <laughs> I would like it. Maybe with some smoked salmon. Oh my God, yes. I love that answer. I love both of those. What do you want to be praised for more than anything? Um, I honestly think like being kind hearted. I don't know. I think we're both like good people deep down and <laughs> deep that deep. I, don't or not that deep. <laughs> I don't know, just being a kind person. I think it goes a long way. Um, I think for me authenticity. Like, I don't care if you like me, but if you think I'm authentic, that to me matters. That is so you know? true. Absolutely. Yeah. What is your favorite way to move your body? Um, yoga and hiking. We're like the same person. Yeah, yoga and hiking. Um, sometimes spin. But I think, yeah, definitely hiking. I miss it in Seattle for sure. Mm -hmm. But even here, it has its own beauty. Even here. <laughs> <laughs> even here in beautiful, sunny San Diego. <laughs> you know, we have stuff to do. Yeah. It is but, true. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hiking. I think hiking, if I wasn't, you know, if it wasn't always such a huge time commitment, I would probably hike every day. Yeah, it is a it is a time commitment. It's true. It definitely is. I like to think that you could be like up and down in an hour. What? Our, la our oh, last God, attempt at hiking was last weekend. I it was think like two, two weekends, weekends ago, Christmas. and my car like broke down on the side of the highway, and we had my dog with me, yeah. and we were waving at everyone driving by. Everyone's waving at us. We had to get a tow truck. It was like the longest day ever, but we always have so much fun together okay. that even breaking down on the side of the road, we were just hysterical. We like, never got to go on the hike because it was on the way to the hike. <laughs> there was no hike, but that was a <laughs> well. It's an adventure, and y'all are going with the flow, right? Yeah. Like you know how to handle those situations by making space for it, which is the beautiful yeah. thing. You can create an adventure out of anything. It yeah. was. We'll never forget that. That was so much fun. Okay, two more questions. What is currently a favorite quote or a favorite saying? Oh, it's a hard one. <laughs> Rachel's just staring at me. You. Uh, well, you're supposed to answer first. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the things you always tell me, but I could say what your favorite quote is. Yeah, think of one. Yeah, you could say it for each other. What do you often say? You say to me a lot. I don't know. Um, maybe uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you go. You go. You look at you got something. No, okay. I'm trying to think. I think the the best way I remember what I say is like, what do I tell the kids a lot? I say the kids. I don't <laughs> have. Me. I want everyone to know I don't have children. When I say that my like my kids are the kids, I mean the ones I work with. Um, I definitely one, and this is one that my the naturopath I worked with slash life coach. Um, she always, and I'm going to butcher this quote because it really is a quote by a, somebody famous, you know, but it's, um, it's something like between stimulus and response or space. And in that space is like a choice. And then that choice gives us freedom, something like that. And basically what it's saying is that, cause I talk about this with the kids, that like a lot of things in life we like react to and are like, Oh, I didn't have a choice. Like, you know, that was just my reaction, but there's always a choice. So, you know, as much as somebody might do something 
that really irritates us. Like there is always, even if it's a millisecond of space for you to say, wait, how do I want to feel? How do I want to make that person feel? What outcome do I want? And you can like slow it down, whether it's, you know, an interaction with another person, maybe it's something with yourself. Um, and I, I try to remind myself that when I feel like I'm making really like rushed decisions yeah. for sure is to just like pause and really like go always go to how do I want to feel mm-hmm. before you know, what do I want to happen, but just base it off of the feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think mine is just, I just always tell Rachel you're beautiful and don't let anyone like <laughs> put you down. <laughs> you're my best cheerleader. She I is. love that. I love yeah. that one. Oh my God. That's so sweet. Okay, this last question might not, like, based on how that went, this might be tough, too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. But do you have a word for 2019? Self-love. Oh. Yeah. Um, That's two words. Yeah, well, my my whole thing is just, like, like, boss babes, like, bad bitch. I mean, like, no, really, seriously, is I feel like every woman I've been talking to, whether it's my younger sister um, Rebecca, hey Reeves, or um, you know other women like Rachel or women I work with. Every woman I'm talking to right now was like, "This is going to be my year," and not even like nothing having to do with like relationships or men, and not even just career focus. But everybody I feel like is like, "This is the year to just like find find me and like be like the best version of myself in terms of being a woman." So it definitely feels like this year going into the year it's a lot more of that energy than i remember last year going yeah. into i don't remember 2018 being like this is the year of like hitting it hard and who i am discovering myself loving myself being mm-hmm. this badass boss babe bitch <laughs> like, no. i don't remember that in 2018 so i think it's really special cuz i i'm feeling a lot of that energy as well like for me it's a lot of i think for me it's a lot of um my word i'm leaning into is encouragement because a lot of the work that I've done over the past several years has been into the shadow work and the depths and the deepness and a lot of darkness with my clients. And I'm really craving a lot of like good old fashioned life coaching, cheesy encouragement. Like I want to be back into the like the light side of things and inspiration and joy and like why live? Like what are all the amazing things to live for? And I think that is like the realm that I I. I want to put out into the world as the message of like lightness, like enjoy instead of always going into the darker places. And that has a time and place, of course, but not in my business this year is what I'm feeling. So I love all those words, Rachel and Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This has been so much fun. You are both such a treat and a joy. I love your story. And I I just have like so many warm and fuzzy feelings about both of you. Thank you. Thanks for for bringing us together. This was such a good, like, in the theme of Boss Babes, this was a good way to start 2019, for sure. So good. My pleasure. Everyone, go head on over to the show notes to see all the things that we talked about. If you want to check out the next retreat that I have coming up, you can go to maddiemoon.com slash events and you will get all the information you need over there to apply. And I hope you enjoyed this. Let us know your thoughts and we will see you next week. Cash
Fairfax is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.